Well, good morning. Isn't it good to be in church on this rainy Sunday morning? Listen, whether you came with a group of people or whether you came by yourself and you will have lunch by yourself or anything in between, we are so absolutely glad you're here. And uh, if you're new, I would love to meet you following the service. Uh, just introduce yourself to me. Hey, we're going to look at Romans chapter 6, but before we get into the preaching, I want to uh, talk to you about some stuff that's coming up. If you have been here for very long, uh, you understand that we are in the midst of a Daring Faith series. And this series really uh, has two different layers to it. One, it's a personal layer over this nine or ten weeks, whatever it is, um, where we're taking steps personally in our relationship with God. We're stepping out and we're, we're walking in obedience, uh, you know, whatever that means for your life. Um, I, I don't know what that is, but, but we're using this ten weeks to purposefully focus on, I, you know, I know God's been wanting me to do this. Or I know God's been wanting me to cut this out of my life. Or I know God's been whatever. And we're taking this 10 weeks on a personal level to do that. But on a corporate level, we are doing that as well as New Life Church. Um, many of you are aware that we are in the midst of raising funds for a ministry space expansion. The um, the total cost, including everything out the door, uh, is going to be about $6 million. I know that we have to have about 3-ish, uh, 3.2, somewhere in there, uh, to be able to do it and handle the debt load um, with, and still be able to do great ministry and all of that. So we need that minimum to start it. But wouldn't it be great to raise all $6 million? Yes. If, listen, if you call New Life home and you were not here on Sunday, September 10th, please go back and listen to that uh, vision casting service on YouTube. If you're not sure how to find it, just check with me after church. I can text it, the link to you or they can tell you back at the Welcome Center. If you consider New Life Church your home, you need to listen to that, okay? <clears throat> uh, because it casts the vision and it tells what we're doing. Uh, we also, if you've not received one of these, we want, one, we want everybody to have one of these in their hands. We gave those away that Sunday as well. And they're back at the Welcome Center as well uh, that talks about uh, this, well, at both levels. It has sermon notes and things like that for the personal level and prayers and devotionals and things, but also in regard to the corporate level where it has uh, the ministry space expansion, it, it shows the plans, it has frequently asked questions. And so if you come up to me and ask me a question about uh, our ministry space expansion, the very first thing I'm going to go is, or say is, did you read this? Did you check this out? Did you at least look at the frequently asked questions section? Because there are some great responses to very legitimate questions in there. And so I would invite you to pick that up. Um... <clears throat> Then, November 3rd and 4th, we're having 48 hours of prayer. We want everybody who's willing to sign up for uh, at least one 30-minute time slot of prayer. 
And I believe they even offer you prayer guides and things like that to help you if you're like, man, I can't pray for 30 minutes. You know, they, they'll help you with that. Um, but if you, you can sign up on our church app. How many of you here have our church app on your phone? Can, raise, raise your hand up really high. All right, there's, there's a bunch of you that don't. If that's how we communicate with people, our church app, um, check with me after service, and I will point you to one of the kiosks as to how to download our church center app, um, or you can just go directly to one of our kiosks or the Welcome Center, um, but you can register for those prayer slots that way, or um, also uh, you can get on our website and register that way. Then on Sunday, November 5th, which is what Sunday? Next Sunday is our first fruits offering and our pledge Sunday. Basically, the first fruits offering is where we give this thing a jump start. And from a biblical perspective, we bring our first fruits. And in, I, I was going to say we bring it for a cash offering, but today it could be cash or electronic or Venmo or any other numbers of ways that we will bring our first fruits offering in to give this thing a jump start. Uh, but then also next Sunday, we'll be receiving the three-year or the 36-month pledges from those who are willing to participate in this ministry space uh, expansion. And I realize that some of you, I, there's people maybe under the sound of my voice who can, over a three-year period, give two hundred dollars or $500,000 over a three-year period. And then there's folks at $5 a week or $5 a month, that's all you can do, hey, it's not about equal giving. It's, not a, it's about equal sacrifice. And the other thing is, if you don't like anything about this plan, don't give. There's no pressure, okay? Um, we just want those of you who God is talking to to go, I want to be a part of this. Which, by the way, I mentioned last week that even though we don't open it up publicly for pledges and things like that, some people have already given and we already, before we take this thing public, uh, we already have committed $745,000 toward that. And I say, yes. Listen, folks, this is a miracle. Um, God has called me to put it out there, and then he's got it. Um, and so, and, and if you, maybe you have someone who does, I'm going to get to preaching here in just a second, but... Um, Maybe you have a family member that they're going, man, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. And they, maybe they don't attend here. Maybe they don't even live in Ohio. Maybe they live in Naples, Florida on the beach. I would go tell them the story. <laughs> okay? You just let me know. Give me their address and say they would like to participate. And I will go tell their story on the beach with them. All right. All right. Our Daring Faith series that we're in. Today we're going to talk about commitment. Your life is shaped by commitments. Uh, and, and I realize that commitment can be a broad term and it can be used in multiple different ways. But basically what I'm talking about this morning, it's, it's dedicating yourself to something long term, whether it's a job or a church or a relationship or, or whatever. It's something, you know, you're committed to. And and some of you might go, well, I'm not committed to anything. I'm as free as a bird, man. I, well, yeah, you are. You're committed to not being commitment, not being committed. And uh, we're all committed to something. And we become whatever we are committed to. 
Now, some of you look at commitment like, uh, or this is a great way for all of us to look at commitment, kind of like a buffet, uh, a buffet at a restaurant, right? So you walk up to the end of the buffet line that starts with a salad and, and you just jump right in. You're putting salad on, you're putting the next thing on, you're putting the next thing on. Do we have folks who do that? You just dive right in, you just start filling up your plate at the, end of, at the beginning of the... Okay, I see that hand, yes. Yes, you're good with commitment. Then we have other folks like myself who have to take a lap. You know, especially if you're at one of those Amish places where the buffet's a mile long and there are three or four different sections. Dude, I got to walk around and take any lap takers on buffets. Yes. Um, but the, the problem is some people, they'll, they'll get to the, you know, I'll, I'll get to the very first thing, the salad, and I'm going, wow, man, I don't want to take up space on my plate by food, my food eats, and so then I go to casseroles, and uh, oh, maybe there's something, then I go to, you know, the meats or whatever, and, the, and, and then you get to the end of the line, and you, you've just passed all this stuff, and your plate is empty. That's how some people handle commitment, but you cannot live life without making commitments. Uh, you can't buy a house, you can't buy a car, you can't have a job, you can't get married, none, any of those things without making commitments. The Bible says this about commitments in Romans 6, 13. But give yourselves completely to God, every part of you. For you are back from death and you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes Give yourselves completely to God. That's saying commit yourselves completely to God. Let me start off by saying this. That is the first and greatest commitment you will ever need to make in your life. Because none of the other commitments make sense until God is at the center. Um, Romans 12.1 says this. So brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives. Or I don't think it's proof texting to say commit your lives as a living sacrifice to him, your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. Now, next Sunday, we're having the daring faith offering, the first fruits offering and the pledge offering. But, but when Romans 12 talks, uses the word offering, it's not talking about money here. This is talking about your life, committing your life. Offer your life as a sacrifice to God. That's the ultimate commitment. And there are many commitments we could talk about this morning that create a healthy life. Um, and I, I, I've said it time and time again that the greatest commitment our church should make, uh, the thing that we should be committed most to, the, everything we do as a church should ultimately boil down to the great commandment and the great commission. Everything should boil down to that. And I would go as far to say that's the same with our personal lives as well. Everything should boil down to the great commandment and the great commission, both corporately and as individuals. Now, let me, let me read those powerful statements to you, those charges that Jesus gave us. Uh, I'll start with the great commandment, Matthew 22, starting with verse 36. Teacher... Which is the great, greatest commandment in the law? In other words, this guy is asking Jesus, Jesus, if, if I could just take one thing from you, what would it be? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he gives them a little extra. He says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, he's saying everything we are boils down to loving God and loving people. Here's the great commission. Matthew 28, beginning with verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, and here it is, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So if I were to summarize the things that we are to be committed to based on the great commandment and the great commission, it's, it's these things. He wants us to know him. He wants us to love him. He wants us to grow in him. He wants us to serve him. He wants us to point others to him. Okay? And, and I, I want to... Here's the churchy terms. For those of you who are real churchy, here's the same way to say those five things I just mentioned. Uh, he calls us to worship, to disciple, to fellowship, to ministry, and to evangelism. And, and this morning, I want to take a few minutes to talk to you about two of those that specifically have to do with our relationship with God. And the first one is this, I must join with others in worship. I must join with others in worship. Unless you make this commitment, your faith is not going to be strengthened. You see, ultimately, worship, obviously, we come to worship God, but, man, there are all kinds of benefits to us as well as byproducts because worship, when we get together to worship like we are this morning, it, it, it renews your faith. It restores your joy. Let me talk to the uh, folks online for a minute. If you don't know this, we have a great online ministry. And I, I, I've said this before, and this is important. This is an important part of this message, is that if you're watching online, the purpose of our online ministry is for those who are shut in or they're on vacation or whatever or they're out of town and they can't physically get here, and so that gives them the opportunity to watch online. Another cool thing about online ministry is that it has become the new lobby for the church. So if there's someone out there thinking, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to church, I need to go to church, you know, and I'm, they're not sure of what it's like or how people dress or what's going on, um, they will watch online for several times to um, just kind of get a feel. And that's good. That's all okay. If, if, if you physically can't get here or you're just checking us out, that's all good. But beyond that, you need to be here if at all possible. We need each other. You know, I, I think of it this way. Uh, Thanksgiving, um, what would it be like? How much of a bummer would it be to, to Zoom all of your family on Thanksgiving and that, that's how you had Thanksgiving? That would be a bummer. Well, some of you are going, no, that's actually a great idea. I would really prefer that. But no, it's... It's great to be together. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
anybody, and you don't have to raise your hand on this, but anybody get up this morning and go, man, it's chilly out, it's rainy, it's wet, it's all this stuff, and I don't really feel like going to church, and, and yet you got up, you get here, you worship with your brothers and sisters in the faith, and then you walk out going, oh, dude, I'm, I'm really glad I came. And see, the reason is, is because it renews your strength. You're not going to get your strength renewed by, by watching The Golden Bachelor, which is gross anyways. Um, worshiping together is where we get our strength renewed, where we get recharged. You know, you could think of me kind of like in the Rocky movies, I love, 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 love the Rocky movies, and sometimes I'll be sitting there grazing and all this stuff, and, but when I come to a Rocky movie or a Rambo movie, man, I just stop. It just stops my grazing. But I love the old Rocky movies with, you know, music, you know, like, rising up back from the street, you know, did my time, took my chances. I mean, like, I want to run through a brick wall. <clears throat> um, but I, one of my favorite scenes is in Rocky Four where, He's over in Russia. He's getting ready to face this giant Russian dude. And uh, he's working out in this really rustic farm area in this barn. And he, he doesn't have the high-tech equipment and all the stuff that the Russian has over there. He's just working out. And so one of the scenes, he has this horse trailer type thing. And he has the handles. And he's lifting it up. And he's got a couple people sitting in it to make it heavier. And, he, uh, and then he does the little... Uh, the sit-ups off the balcony thing where there's nothing under the other half of his body. And, I mean, just like, yeah, that's... that's. Um, and then, of course, there's this famous line. I don't know which one it became famous in, but he says, yo, yeah. I mean, dude, I walk out of the theater wanting to fight somebody. I mean, this is... Um, the point is, you could think of me or the worship team or Pastor Mandy and her team or whoever, not as Rocky, but as his old coach. You remember his old coach, Mickey? You know, Rocky is battling it out in the ring. And, uh, you know, he's getting beat to death. And there's these slow-mo where he gets hit in the face. And there's blood and slobber and mouthpiece just flying across the ring in slow-mo. And... Finally, the bell rings, and he goes, and he flops down in the corner on the stool, and his old coach, Rocky, comes over, and he says, Rocky, you're doing a great job, and he throws a bucket of water on him and slaps him in the face and slaps him on the back and says, now get back out there. You're doing it. You're, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's a little bit of an element of what Sunday morning should be, our worship together. You know, you're doing a good job. Get back out there. Monday's coming. You know, God has got this. God has got you. You can make it. And so you come in and you worship together and you get your spiritual jumper cables hooked up to God's word and music and preaching. Your strength are renewed. And um, In fact, I would go to, as far to say that worshiping together is probably one of the most, if not the most important thing that we can do as Christians because it plays this indispensable role in rekindling the fire and keeping it burning. Here, here's another thought. I, I think that church should not be boring. 
right? Uh, church should be powerful. It should be exciting. It should be moving. You know, I would go as far to say, and this will sound sacrilegious to some, but I would go as far to say that church should be fun. Psalm 100, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with what? Gladness. Come before him singing with joy. And then Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, some people, whatever reason you're here, um, you know, some people come here with a drug problem. And we're glad you're here. You were drugged by your spouse or drugged by your kids or drugged by, you know, whatever reason you're here, we're glad you're here. But the Bible says, I was glad when I went to the house of the Lord. Not mad, not sad, not bored, not my duty, but I'm here because I want to be here and I need this and this group of people need me. All right, let's talk about fellowship. The first one has to do with worship. The, the second commitment has to do with fellowship, which could be tied into a lot of the worship stuff, but not limited to the worship. Uh, we learn who we are in relationship with others. We only learn our, our true identity in community. You'll never learn who you are. You'll never learn your purpose by yourself. If you had been born and lived your entire life with no human contact, you would not have the slightest idea what you were, who you were, or what you were for. Case in point, Tarzan, right? By the way, we're getting into the holidays. Do you know what Tarzan sings for Christmas? Jungle bells, jungle bells, jungle bells. Wow. I tried a different one the first service, and it went over even less than that one did. So I tried a second one, this one, and all right. Um, Unless you are in a community of human beings, you don't know your purpose. You don't even know what you are. Unless you're in relationship with other people, you're, you learn your identity by being in relationship. We need to be connected in fellowship. We need to be connected to the body of Christ. And that's the phrase that's used for the church, Romans 12, verses 4 and 5. And this way we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of this body, but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? Would we? So stop there. My, my ear only fulfills its purpose by being connected to the body. If my ear were cut off and, and laying on the ground, it would have no value. I couldn't hear anything. About the only thing I could use a chopped off ear for would be fishing bait. I could catch a good catfish on an earlobe. My nose, if it were cut off, um, lying on the ground, I wouldn't be able to smell. There'd be no purpose to it. 
You know, if, if my eyes were not connected to my body, if my eyes were not in my eye sockets and they were just over here somewhere, they would, have, they would serve no purpose, they would do no good if they were not connected to the body, except they'd probably be better fishing bait than the ear because they're gooey and fish like that. The purpose for which God created you can only be discovered when you're connected to the body of Christ. If you're not connected to the church, then you're not going to know your purpose. You're not going to know your value. You're not going to know your meaning. If my hand is cut off and just lying on the ground and it withers away and it's good for nothing, I can grasp nothing with it. Your purpose, your value, your meaning in life comes from being connected with others in your church family, the body of Christ. It's all about relationships. This, by the way, is why when you're in conflict with someone in life, you know, it just kind of stinks. You know, like everything can be great in your life and, and you're in conflict with somebody and it's just like, ugh, all of life feels terrible because that's the opposite of the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's why God wants us to be peacemakers and reconcilers and people who, rather than create conflict in the world, choose to create harmony. It's, it's this ministry of reconciliation your job as a follower of Christ is to make relationships better, not worse. Ephesians 2.16, Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. And folks, let me tell you, I don't always get this right. You don't always get this right. We mess up, right? We're not perfect. We're not infallible. But who's he talking about the cross bringing together? Christ brought all of us together, every background, every nation, every tribe through his death on the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all smell the same at the foot of the cross. The cross is what brings us together and causes us to embrace as the body of Christ. And we need each other. Second Corinthians 5.18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, move down to verse 19, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You, you think we need reconciliation in the world today? You think we need reconciliation in the church today? It comes from being together. Sarah, Sarah, come on up. I, I, Sarah shared something with me the other day. That just applies to what I'm talking about. Just a, two or three minutes of a personal testimony where I'm like, man, you got to share that as just a, a part of my sermon because it's so, so applicable. Sarah, come on up. Let's give Sarah a round of applause. Thank you. You solicited it. Let's just be. I didn't come to him. He came oh, to me. I think yeah. it's because he's just noticed more and more, as Troy does, he is very astute sometimes. Oh. That, um, Thank you. I've just been showing up more often lately. And so, um, and it's really um, more to do uh, with my kids than, than my own personal commitment. But um, because of them, uh, I just, we've just been coming to church more often. And, um, you know, we moved back to Mount Vernon uh, in 2018 and uh, just looking for a, a church to call home. We were kind of splitting time between uh, two churches. And, because of the relationship that we formed 25 mm -hmm. years ago, um, you know, just 
wanted to come try out this church and see if it was a good fit for us, and it was. And then, you know, COVID kind of happened and, you know, weren't coming around as much and went through a divorce and, you know, didn't really want to be seen very much. And so just kind of stayed in the shadows and didn't really participate much. But um, Pastor Mandy uh, here was very instrumental in, in getting us back. Um, she never gave up on us, not saying that anyone else did, but she was just very intentional um, inviting us uh, to things and just reaching out, asking how the kids were and um, saying that they were missed. And it just means a lot to you when you're, you know, going through a rough time and everything. And so, you know, we started coming back on Wednesdays and then it turned into Sundays and uh, the boys are involved in teen life and loving that. So they're coming on Sunday nights. And so we're just here a lot more often now and really feeling very connected. Um, all of my kids have come to know Jesus as their personal savior. Awesome. A few of them have been baptized. Um, and it's really just all of the, uh, due to the commitment of the church in our life. And so just giving that uh, commitment back and just um, being present and being part and getting involved. Um, it just really does feel like home, but I'm going to share it again because I shared it. In the oh, no, service. no, no. Go on. <laughs> okay. Since you brought it up. No. <laughs> You know, I, I told Troy he's got people, lots of people to see every week and that he um, get his attention. But I will say that every Sunday that I've come through those doors, he's made it a point to say hi, to high five me, give me a fist bump, something. And it just really means a lot to me. Um, and his leadership, his volunteers, they all follow that example. And they're all outgoing, all loving, and all intentional about making sure that we all feel welcomed here in this place and that it does feel like coming home. So I just I just really appreciate it, and that's really what changed the commitment level for me. Yeah, so. thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. Awesome. Let's bow our heads, and let me just say this before we pray. It is really, really really easy to not be committed to church to not be even more importantly to not be committed to God's family it is so super easy but you need it you need us and we need you Lord I, I just thank you for this word today as we've talked about worship and fellowship Father, I realize that we live in a culture where I don't know the specific stats, but I think it's easily safe to say that the average person who would call themselves a Christian and actually attends church maybe does it once, maybe twice a month. Lord, that's not connectedness. That's not what you've called us to. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us not to feel guilty, not to feel condemned, not to feel like browbeating or any of that, but Lord, show us how much we need each other and how much we need to be in your presence with each other. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be connected to your body, the body of Christ. Lord, speak to us as we just close the service out by celebrating you, by worshiping you this morning. And all God's people said, amen.
sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what he's done. Sing for the freedom he has won. Even death is thanking him for how good he is and how great he is for all the things that he is doing actively in your life. He's worthy of that. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, man, we are so glad you're with us today. If you are a guest with us here at New Life, we are honored that you chose to be with us today. And we would love an opportunity to get to meet you personally. Uh, so I want to invite you, whether it's your first time here or maybe you've been here for a couple weeks, if you haven't filled out one of the welcome cards, would you do that? You'll find that in the back of the seat right in front of you. And you can drop that off at the Welcome Center. And we've got a free gift that we want to give you. And it's just our way of saying thanks for being with us today. Uh, we excited, we're excited to get to know you a little bit more. 
Uh, also, for anybody that is seeking to learn a little bit more about New Life, maybe about just who we are as a church, hear about our passion for our community, uh, maybe you also would enjoy just having a meal with our pastoral team and just hanging out with us and getting to meet other people who are new like yourself, then our Connect Lunch is for you. And we would love for you to join us. It's going to be next Sunday, right after the third service. Lunch is free, childcare is provided, and it's just going to be a great way for you just to take some next steps with us and hear a little bit more. So you can sign up for our Connect Lunch out in the lobby at the kiosk, or you can go online, um, but we're excited to hang out with you. Hey, as we have been going through this Daring Faith series, I mean, it has been so good. I mean, we have been preparing our hearts, right, to step out into faith and to get ready for the things that God has for us. And some of the ways that we can get ready for that is by being in His Word and by praying. Right, Pastor Troy mentioned just a couple weeks ago that, man, these days ahead, these years ahead that God has brought before us, the campaign, the building, all this stuff, that we want it to be fully attributed to the supernatural work of God. So what we are doing as here at New Life this upcoming week, we are spending 48 hours in continual prayer. And this is gonna be a time that we can be praying for our church, praying for our community, and praying for the unique impact that we believe God wants us to make right here in Knox County. So we would love for you to be a part of that. And one way you can be a part of that is you can sign up for a 30-minute block of prayer um, and that just commit to seeking God and praying uh, for this upcoming thing. So we would love for you to do that. You can learn more about the 48 hours of Daring Faith Prayer. You can go to the kiosk in the lobby. You can go online and hear more about that. And we trust that God has been at work um, transforming lives as we have been on this daring faith journey. So if you have anybody in here that has given their life to Jesus, if you've said yes to following him and God has been drawing his heart or your heart to his and making you more like him, then we want to invite you to take the next step um, of faith through baptism. And that's going to be on November 19th. You know, baptism is a really easy way for you to share all that God has done in your life and also allows your church family, brothers and sisters, to come alongside and to celebrate that with you. So we would love for you to do that. You can sign up at the kiosk in the lobby. You can go online and just know we are excited to celebrate baptism on November 29th with you. Hey, New Life, man, we want to say thanks for being here. Man, we so appreciate you. And as you leave here today, man, I want to ask, man, would you be in prayer about how maybe God might have you be a part of participating financially in Daring Faith? We are expectant and excited for how God's going to work next week through our pledges and our first fruits offering. So, man, would you be in prayer about how you might participate in that? So as you go today, know that you are loved. Would you go and be the hands and feet of Jesus? Would you go and be the church? You're dismissed.